Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge the Cabragal clan of the Darug Nation, who are the traditional custodians of this land we are meeting on today. We also pay our respects to the elders, both past and present and future of the Darug Nation. Hey friends, welcome to our podcast, A Seat at Our Table. Candid conversations about our Asian Australian experience in the creative industry. I'm Wendy. I'm Tracy. We, we saved, saved you a seat. seat. Come, Come join us. us. Welcome back to the pod. Happy New Year's, everyone. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2022. Oh, 2022. <laughs> I'm wow. super excited for this year. Yeah. Because my favorite number is number two. Is it really? Yeah, it is. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> so, two, 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 two. Yeah. I mean, two, zero, two, two, but you know, we've got an exciting episode in store as every episode is, but this one is all about reflecting on 2021, the year that we've had, what goals we had and whether or not we achieved them. So yeah, just an overall kind of reflection about the year that has just passed mm-hmm. and then tapping into the future, looking ahead, what we've got in store for ourselves. Yeah. So Wendy, how was 2021 for you? Uh, 2021 was a very tumultuous year for me, I have to say. Um, I went through a lot of change, a lot of growth, a lot of kind of crazy things happened to me, which I will dive deeper into a little bit later. But in general, I think that it was kind of a mental reset in a way, in the sense that because I had all these crazy things happen to me, I was just really trying to take every day as it was coming and less so about planning for the remainder of the year or for the rest of my life. And I think the pace that I was going at was really different to previous years. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I think similar. It was a year of growth for me. I feel like I went through so many different chapters in 2021. I think none of us expected us to go into a six-month lockdown or was it four (laughs) months lockdown? I think it was four months. Yeah. Yeah. So that was spontaneous or unexpected but I think that was I saw that as like another chapter in the year so I think a lot of time I spent inside my head kind of like thinking about my life thinking about my mindset about like where I can grow as a person so I think I spent this year a lot on reflection Mm. and growth so I do feel like this has been a a good year 2021 has been a really good year I would say yeah it's interesting that you think about your life in chapters because I think when people think about chapters, they like to time box it to years. Mm. And that's the way people, a lot of people like yeah. to reflect. But I can relate in the sense that what I tend to do when I'm trying to reflect on the past year is I go through either my photo stream on um, on my phone or I go through my Instagram archives and I look at kind of all the different memories, all the different kind of phases that you're going through. And I think the lockdown was like such a massive yeah. part of it because Obviously, over the four months, it was like everybody was at home and it was getting really, really intense. And I picked up a lot of like good and bad habits along the way. But that part of my life this year was pretty significant as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you have any New Year's resolution for 2021? Yeah, I did. I think I talked about it in a past episode, but my New Year's resolution this year was literally just being more intentional. Mm -hmm. So in the past, when I was a lot younger, I think I used to set really specific goals, such as like go to the gym more often, um, really tangible goals. But I think lately I've been trying to kind of adopt more of a mindset. So with this one being more intentional, it was being more intentional with say, the time that I spent with people, being more intentional with what I was saying yes to and agreeing to. And I'd like to think that I achieved it because I think I was very specific with the people that I spent time with um, and I was very specific with the choices that I made as well. But obviously there's always room for growth. No, but I could see that in you as well this year. I feel like you did make very intentional choices and you were very firm about like kind of what you want to spend your time on, mm. which was really good. Mm. Yeah. How about you? Um, so I mentioned in the last episode that mine was to improve my personal and physical well-being. And I do think this year has been a really good work in progress for that. I think it's a goal that I'm going to always keep striving for, but I made a lot of good progress. I mentioned in the last episode that physical, I feel like I built really good habits around exercise, my relationship with exercise and food. And then mental, I think I really did spend a lot of time with myself this year and inside my head. Like, I'm not really a big thinker, if that makes sense. I think because we're extroverted. Yeah. We kind of, well, at least for me, because I'm extroverted, I'm always on the go. I'm always, like, doing, doing, doing. I never take time for myself to really process what's going on and Mm. think about, like, life or, like, you know, spend time alone. Yeah. 
because I'm just always on the go. But this year I really took time to reflect and like really spend time with myself, learning about myself a bit more and seeing where I can grow yeah. in life. I think that's massive because like you said, we're just always on the go and almost like the lockdown forced us to slow yeah. down a little yeah. bit. But yeah, I have a question. In in saying that kind of you're always on the go, when you were reflecting on the past year, was there anything that you did specifically to help that process of reflection? Mm, I think journaling maybe. Like I always journaled in the past, but I always use journaling as a recount because mm. I started journaling because I was scared of like losing my memory. It's, <laughs> it's a really weird fear, but I always like experience yeah. really great things in life because I'm very lucky to, you know, have great people around me. And I always like, oh, this moment is so good. Like, I don't want to forget it. Yeah. So that's what journaling was for me in the past. Like I would just recount what has happened um, mm. in the day or whatever. But this year I really took more like to go more into depth, diving into my emotions. Why do I feel like this, you know? what has impacted it, like talking to myself a little bit more rather than just writing what has happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that has really helped me identify my thought patterns, like themes around my thinking and whatnot, which we'll dive in a bit later in the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really interesting that you journal in that way because I feel like I journal completely different to you. Yeah. I guess I tend to journal when, when things get tough. Mm. And so when I was reading through all my journal entries – it was kind of just like reading through all the bad moments of 2021. <laughs> it's like a low lights reel. Yeah, yeah, it's a low lights reel. But I think towards the end, towards the end of 2021, um, I started to write about the good things as well, yeah. kind of like reflecting back on my attitudes towards certain things, um, the themes that were going through kind of the year and how I've grown from them. Yeah. And I went back several times to read through previous entries. And it's great being able to see kind of the growth that I went through. But yeah, it's just interesting that we journal in really, really different ways. When you journal about the bad things, are you just writing about them or are you kind of diving deeper? Like, why do I feel this way? And yeah. what can I do differently? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm like kind of, it's kind of stream of consciousness writing because mm. that's what journaling is, right? So I just write about what the event was yeah. and then diving deeper as to like how I felt about it yeah. and then why I think I felt that way. Yeah. And then what I would try to do in the future to help I guess, rectify it or improve my mindset. Yeah, I think that's really good. And that's something that I was missing. Like I was just journaling my feelings as an Mm. outlet, but I didn't take it a step further and go, how can I change my behavior? Why do I feel like this? Why am I reacting like this? And I think Mm. that's the next step that I took this year to kind of learn a bit more about myself during journaling. So moving on to our biggest learnings of 2021, we are actually using a few questions from a framework that Jay Shetty shared on his latest podcast. You know what episode? Yeah, it's called Nine Powerful Questions to Reflect on Your Year or something like that. Yeah. And I recently listened to it and I shared it with Tracy because I thought that it was such a good framework, not only for ourselves to reflect on, but to share with everyone else as well. Yeah. You know, it's never too late to reflect on your year and, and the past. So we're going to drop all the questions in the show notes and the episode itself. Um, but yeah, we've taken inspiration from that today and it's going to frame some of the questions that we ask each other. Yeah, it was. Re- it's really good, actually. Like, I've never really done anything like this before. Like, I've always just reflected, just free-flowing. But when Wendy shared this framework, I just took like an hour to two hours to just really sit down, reflect on 2021 and answer these questions. Mm. So you, can, you guys can start kind of thinking about your answers whilst we talk. I think it's a really good framework to start uh, reflecting on the year that was. So the first question is, what made you feel most happy in 2021? So many things. Mm. <laughs> but I think the one thing that came to mind first was just thinking about the people that I've been surrounded by this year and my support network. It's, like I said before, it's been a crazy year for me and having a solid support network that honestly hasn't changed for the past five years or so like all the friends that I have now are the ones that I've kind of held close to my heart for the past five years and I think it goes to show that I have a really solid support network who regardless of what I was going through the ups and the downs they were always there for me and I never once felt judged for kind of the things that I was going through but also while I was trying to figure things out And I think that was kind of the happiest realization for me is that I've got friends that I know that I can keep with me for life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it's not really like a a significant moment in time, but it's just 
the life that I have and the people that I have it with. Yeah, I think my one's similar. Like what I normally do when I reflect on the past year is I always write down a list of highlights or like key moments from the year. And like Wendy, I go through my albums just to just remind myself and I go back to my past journal entry. And then I started seeing a theme of the things that made me most happy, kind of like Wendy, involved really spending quality time with the people mm. I love and the people that makes me excited to be around. And it's it's mindful quality time. It's like the, it's always moments where, you know, we're not on our phones. We're just present in the moment. We're just having fun. And those were the moments that made me most happy. And on top of that, we're spending quality time with myself as well. The time when I had alone, doing crafts, doing arts, sewing, reading, those are the moments I also felt very content and happy. So I think the overall theme is quality time with people and myself, I think, is what made me most happy. Mm. Yeah. Is that your love language? It is. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that is my love language. That makes sense. It's really funny because obviously I have my journal here with me and I actually wrote down, like, I wrote down, I listed all the things that made me happy. And then on the side, I just summarized it by writing quality time yes on the side yeah and it's crazy that you talk about it because I think um we're very similar in that sense Mm -hmm. that the time that we spend with our friends is what makes us feel most fulfilled yeah and really gives us the energy to keep like striving for better or or, you know keep growing yeah and I think we have so much lost time to make up for Mm -hmm. as well right after the year that we've had so yeah I think it makes sense that's that is what makes us truly happy. Yeah. yeah. And I think it was a good balance in 2021 as well because we had time where we were alone, forced mm, lockdown, which was yeah. good. But then we also had like really great times with the people we loved. And it was a year where I really focused on like connection with others and myself. Yeah. What made you feel unhappy on the other side of things? So um, I think I talked about this in the imposter syndrome episode, but the most stressful thing that I went through this year was just work stress towards the second half of the year. And it came in a time where I felt like there was a lot of pressure on me to step up to the next level at work, but I just felt I, like I crippled, <laughs> like it was a crumbled, crumbled yeah. in with all the expectations and pressure that I put on myself. And I felt like others were expecting from me. So kind of for context, it's just had become a really stressful time at work in terms of there was a lot of deliverables. I was getting more high level strategic jobs and I felt like my imposter syndrome just went on overdrive mm. and I just felt, oh my God, I'm not good enough for this. Um, I'm just anxious at work every day. And I think what made me most unhappy is just all the self-doubt and negative self-talk in my head. And that really affected my mental like health I would say because work stress I would go into work stress but then it will like relate to not sleeping at night and then kind of not like losing my good habits as well um so that probably made me most feel most unhappy but also it's been such a big big learning curve for me about identifying how I can like really go into a cycle of negative self-talk when I'm put under these I guess high pressure situations and I'm trying to learn to deal with them better because it's like pressure I put on myself. Like nobody's kind of expecting me to be perfect at my job, but it's just something I put on myself. Yeah. yeah. I do remember you calling me yeah. kind of like at the very peak or climatic point mm. where you were stressing. And I just remember thinking like, oh, I've never seen Tracy this stressed yeah. before because usually you're so cool, calm, collected. Yeah. But you could tell that it was really like getting to you. And honestly, it, it was almost like, I could feel for you that you felt like there was no way out. Yeah. Yeah. But coming out of it, looking back yes. on it now, yeah. like you said, you know what you need to do better for next time. You know what not to do next time as well. Yeah. Because you went through the hardship of it all. Yeah. I don't even know yeah. what happened. Like, I <laughs> yeah. normally can deal with stress pretty well, but I don't know what happened in this situation where, like, it just felt like I was trapped. Yeah. Like, in this negative cycle going, oh, my God, I'm not good enough. I'm not competent at work. Like, everyone's going to be disappointed in me. Like, just really negative self-talk. And we'll talk about it later, but it really, like, it was a big learning curve because I actually sought, like, kind of professional help for it as well in terms of taking charge of my mental health, talking to a counsellor, and that's really helped. And that's one good thing that came out of this stressful time. Mm, yeah, yeah, it really snowballs, right? Like, yeah. And you just feel like everything else just gets so out of control. Yeah. Like, I can relate in the sense that when you were talking about how when you're stressed at work, it just flows on to every mm. other aspect of your life. Yeah. Because towards the end of this year, I was also quite stressed at work. We had, like, a massive deliverable due, and... 
it was the first time in my new job that I was kind of being like tested, mm. but not tested by anybody, probably just testing myself. Yeah. Honestly, I just had these expectations to reach in my own head. And um, there was one significant day where I let the stress get to me as well. And I think that just snowboarded into every other part of my life. I wasn't getting great sleep. I wasn't um, sticking to my usual routine. And I think that for me leads to like anger and like frustration. And it just impacts every other part of my life in terms of the people that that is around me. So my family, my friends, etc. So yeah, definitely very relatable. Yeah. How did you get out of that? Did you do anything in particular, to kind of get uh, out of their headspace? Well, I leaned on my colleagues. Mm. Um, probably in my previous job, I never would have been so candid about how stressed I was. Mm. But, yeah, that day, um, I think my colleagues noticed that I was quite stressed and I remember them saying significantly to me, um, you seem like you have a lot on your plate. Do you want us to help you? Yeah. And they did. And it was, I think it was the first time I have actually kind of actively asked for help. Yeah. And I felt so much relief after that. And, you know, I was very vulnerable in saying, like, I'm really sorry. Like, I know that I was quite stressed today. I feel like I've switched places with someone else in the team because one of my colleagues was really stressed earlier in the weekend. It's almost like we both, like, flipped and changed positions. Um, And so, yeah, it was being – it was really, really nice being able to ask for help because I, as a perfectionist, reflecting back on our imposter syndrome episode – um, asking for help doesn't come easily to me because I want to be able to do everything myself to prove to myself that I can do it. Yeah, and that's like a big big step for you to, you know, feel like you can be vulnerable and ask for help. Like that's pretty brave and takes mm. a lot of courage for somebody yeah. who feels like they need to do something, like everything perfect and not ask for help. Yeah. yeah. It was also the end of the year and I felt like I was really burnt out. Mm. And I think everyone was yeah. and everybody was kind of just over this entire year so um yeah I could see the light at the end of the tunnel because I knew that the the day of like the break was kind of coming yeah I think it was the same for me I was so burnt out I was like this year doesn't stop giving (laughs) (laughs) it really doesn't yeah yeah um so was that what made you feel unhappy or do you yeah probably that's what made me feel unhappy kind of letting the stress get to me because I think I'd done pretty well in the last six months Mm. not to let the stress get to me but all it really took was a single day in a point in time to let it all like unravel yeah and what also made me unhappy was like my quality of sleep oh yeah I think this year was the first year that I've really really struggled with the amount of sleep that I was getting but also how deep the sleep was um yeah I've kind of like really noticed that I've been waking up and feeling kind of just like I haven't rested Mm. Um, and it's been an ongoing cycle for a really long time and I think it's because I've just had so much on my mind throughout this year a lot of change and so you're kind of like trying to process that and I feel like you can't get rest when you're trying to process all these big changes in your life yeah and sleep is so important like I think similarly when I got stressed I didn't I felt like I wasn't sleeping enough I wasn't resting but when I like I reached out to um an EAP counselor so for Mm. those who don't know workplaces offer employee assistance program is that what it's called yeah Yeah. we have it as well yeah Yeah. Um, a lot of corporate companies offer it where it's free counseling services for um, employees and their families so when I reached out to them during this like a really stressful period I really realized how much sleep I needed because she was kind of going through like really standard questions um like how's your sleep how's your diet how's your exercise as a introductory Mm. and then when she made me when she was like so are you getting sleep are you getting me time are you resting I was so stumped I was like oh my God, I don't remember the last time I rested. Yeah. And then you realize, oh shit. And she was like, honestly, I think that if you probably rested and slept, sleep, like sleep every day, like properly, half your stress will be gone. Yeah. Because your brain has no time, your body has no time to process all of that stress and recover from it. Yeah. And you're like really stretched thin because you're not sleeping. Yeah. I read something in a book the other day where it's like, when you're sleeping, that's when you're processing everything that mm. had happened that day. Yeah. And if you're not getting good sleep, then you're not processing anything. And it's kind of like put onto a backlog and then it's just everything that happens in the next day just gets added to that. And it's almost like you're processing time. Like you need more processing time in order to catch up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that elastic band analogy. You know the one where it's like you're you're like an elastic band and you get stretched when you're under pressure or you get stressed, you get stretched. But if you get stretched too far out, you won't bounce back. Yeah. Yeah. It's just going to snap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So that's probably what 
has made me really unhappy this mm. year. I know that, you know, I think maybe it's a thing of getting old, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to feel the impacts of not getting good sleep, mm. but also seeing how it impacts, say, my performance at the gym. Yeah. And that frustrates me because I'm like, the sleep is the one thing I should be able to control. Right. But why does it feel so hard to do? Yeah. You know? That's really true. And you can't blame anyone. You blame you yourself. You blame yourself. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because you're not prioritizing it. Yeah. And yeah. you're the one who's in control of it. So, you know, like, get your shit together. <laughs> yeah. Sleep is key, everybody. It really is. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to the biggest lessons we've learned in 2021. We'll go professional and personal so Wendy what was one of the biggest lessons lesson or lessons you've learned in the professional sense um definitely for the past six months has been really key because I changed jobs Mm. and I think changing work environments has allowed me to see that I don't need to ask for permissions for permission to do things in the workplace so if there is something that I'm really passionate about that I want to kind of introduce into the company and share with my colleagues, I don't need to ask for permission from, you know, leadership to do it. I should just do it and then share it with the team. Mm. And I think it's because I came from a very top-down place at Deloitte where it was very normal to ask for permission to do things and seek approval before actually doing it. But coming into my new company, um, whenever I've asked for permission to do something, it's going to be like, oh, why why are you asking for permission? Um, Just do it. Just share it with everyone. And it's kind of breeds a more organic growth culture. And I think I'm learning to switch gears and um, feel comfortable with kind of bringing what I'm passionate about to work, sharing it with people and not feeling like, I need to seek approval from Mm. other people before I do so. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been the biggest professional learning. How about you in a professional sense? I think I've got a couple. I've got a couple written down. So I think professionally in terms of, I guess, like my role, I kind of learned to, I think I've said like I'm such a doer. Sometimes I forget to stop and just think about why am I doing this? What's the bigger picture? So kind of professionally in my role, I've learned to think more strategically. Um, But kind of mindset wise, I've learned, well, I'm learning to learn without fearing. Mm. And that's something that I've really realized in the couple, like the last four or three months that I've just been motivated by fear, like fear of not doing good enough, fear of disappointing others, fear of not achieving goals, fear of presentations, like rather than seeing it as opportunities for growth. And I think it's just a flip in mindset that, you know, take the pressure off myself and realize that everybody starts as juniors or like where I am and people don't expect you to be 100% good at your job. People see potential in you, but, you know, you still have years and years to develop that potential. You don't have to be an expert immediately. And I think that kind of took off a little bit of the pressure that I put on myself and trying to learn without fearing is something that I've been trying to do, I guess. I really loved how you kind of framed it as an opportunity to change your mindset because at the end of the day, I think it comes down to perspective. Like we can choose to see things in a negative light and see that it's something that we're scared of. But when we flip our mindset and see it as an opportunity, I think that really changes the way that you just see everything that comes through your life, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And like another thing that I learned is that it's never too late to try something new. I think that previously I've always been like, oh, my career is going to be linear. Like it's going to be like, I'll keep climbing the ladders or I'll keep every new role has to be advancing. But I really took time to reflect on my career and what I wanted out of it. And news, I've got a new job for next year or this year. (laughs) Yeah. And for history, I've always been in um, advertising in the health industry. But my new job is within the consumer industry, so the retail space, working with Westfields in their creative agency. So that's a new thing that's happening in 2022 for me. And that took me, uh, I guess, I was really kind of cautious or anxious about it. Not anxious, but maybe I was like really stressed when the decision came. Like they reached out to me and I was kind of like, oh my God, it's like a completely new industry and I kind of have to start from scratch. And if I stayed in my current role, I could probably like jump like salary brackets and get promoted much faster than starting anew. But I've realized this year that we're so young still 
we're only like three four years out of uni compared to the rest of our lives like there's always more to learn like it doesn't really harm in the long term to try things new and if I don't like it I can go back to where I was like it's temporary like I don't Mm. have to be so stressed that this is a life-changing moment because it's not yeah yeah I think it's the fact that on paper it looked like a step backwards Mm as opposed to a step forward. Yeah. And I think that was what was really, like, mind-boggling for you yeah. and kind of the conflict, conflicting point. Um, but, yeah, like, in you saying that, it kind of reminded me of how when I took this job yeah. at CEC, um, it was for a consultant level as well. And all the friends that I had started with, all the colleagues I had started with in my grad cohort at Deloitte, a lot of them recently got promoted to become a senior consultant. Mm-hmm. And that for me was kind of like a moment in time where I just really thought, what if I stayed? Yeah. I could be at that point. But you can't compare, like, it's like comparing apples yeah. to oranges, you know. What I'm experiencing now in my new workplace and the salary that I'm getting or the experience that I'm getting, you can't compare it to a previous workplace where the, the circumstance is completely different. Yeah. Even though on paper it looks the same. Yeah. But you know, you can't compare, like, role levels because they might differ across the board. Yeah, and you have to go where your heart tells you. Like, I think logically you could be, like, on paper, it makes sense for me to stay. But if you're always thinking about what if, what if, then, like, just do it. You know, life is out here, like, to experiment. Experiment if you don't like it, then try something else. You know, like, you don't have to be locked in to anything. And if you're out there and thinking, what if, what if, I think that's a sign (laughs) to go pursue it because you'll never know if you don't try it. Yeah. And I think go with your gut feeling. That has always been an indicator for me as Mm -hmm. to driving my decision-making. Like if my gut feeling is telling me like, do it, Mm -hmm. there's probably a reason for it, right? Um, So listen to your instincts and just go for the opportunity. And like Tracy said, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. So be it. There's always going to be another option out there. It's just a matter of when it's going to happen for you. Yeah. I think when you're making decisions so big, you always tunnel vision and you think this is the only option. It's do or die. Like if I make this decision, (laughs) my life is locked in into this pathway. But really, no, you can do whatever you want. You've got free will. Like you can change jobs whenever you want. Like nobody, you know, is putting a gun to your head and like you have to stay in this job for two years. Nobody is saying that. Yeah. You can change. Um, Yeah. Go what your heart tells you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that flows nicely into my personal learning for this Mm -hmm. year um which was really to just take every day as it comes um rather than planning too far ahead when I reflect back on past me prior to 2021 I would have to say I was that type of person that would plan like five years in advance and you know when something really significant happened in my life and that plan went out the window I think I started to try and find joy in the chaos. Mm. I definitely took this quote from somewhere. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, finding joy in the chaos, even when it's uncomfortable. Mm. I think that's been kind of my ma- mantra for this year where I've been letting myself really go through the motions of the good, the bad, the ups and the downs, and really allowing myself to feel all the emotions when they come and not being too hard on myself. So if I felt like crying, then I was going to cry, let myself cry it all out and then move on from there. And I think because I wasn't planning too far ahead in the future, when something unexpected happened, I was always really like taken aback by it. And I was also really surprised in a really good way. Yeah. Um, And yeah, those were the moments that really brought me a lot of joy and lessons learned because I think when you plan too far ahead in the future, you set yourself up for disappointment when things don't turn out the way that they do. Because you have expectations and yeah. if they don't meet it, then... Yeah. yeah. Which is also why with resolutions, I try not to be so specific yes. with it because if it's a mindset, it's something that you can consistently work on. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't hit all the points every single day, that's a, it's okay. You can try like get up and try again the next day. And a lot of the things that happened this year, I kept saying like, it's a bad day, not a bad life. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That's very inspiring. And that really kind of kept me going throughout yeah. the year because it was kind of like, today's a shit day. Okay, let's wake up tomorrow and yeah. try again. Yeah. So yeah, taking every day as it comes. I like that. Was there anything else personally you learned? I think that was just the biggest one. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a very broad one, so it mm. encapsulates a lot. Yeah. <laughs> what about yourself? Uh, I think for me, it's 
learning the difference between being content within myself and being content because of external factors. So as I said, I spent a lot of time by myself or thinking, reflecting on life. And I realized that like, if you're happy within yourself, if you're content with your mindset, like what you're doing with your life, your habits, everything else will flow. I realized that all the times where I've been in a really good place in my life, it's because I've been just content internally rather than seeking external validation, you know, likes on social media, I don't know, attention from other people. Like when you're motivated by that, truly you're not really content. Like Mm -hmm. I think it's just a distraction. But I've realized the good times in my life is when I've forgotten about all those external factors and been like, I'm happy in life. I'm content. I'm joyful. That's the most important thing. And I think the, so the lesson here is like, if you take care of yourself, listen to your body, nourish your own needs, like everything else will come. Yeah, it's like looking within yourself instead of looking towards others for, mm. for your source of happiness. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think I, I definitely did that this year. Yeah. Just to build on, you know, the lessons learned. I think when I started to do things for myself and yeah. be selfish in a sense that every decision that I made, I knew was the right intention with the right intentions for myself. I think I was just expecting, you know, the people around me to come with me yeah. on the journey. And yeah. they did. Yeah. And I think that was kind of the most beautiful part of this year was knowing that I made decisions for myself and I was being so supported through out all of it. So yeah, yeah, I think that was the biggest lesson learned as well. Yeah. And another thing I also learned is the importance of listening. Like that's something that I've really tried to cultivate this year, like listening to others and myself. I read a really good book, actually. It's called You're Not Listening. I can, we can put it in the show notes. But as I've said before, like I, like I speak before I think because that's how I think. Like I think whilst I'm talking. Yeah. Yeah. But I've really wanted to become a better listener like truly listening to other people. And there's a concept that I learned. Oh, I need to check it, but it's like shift thinking versus, I don't know what it is, but let me explain it. So it's basically like when you're having a conversation with somebody and say Wendy says, oh, I've had a really stressful day. If you say, me too, I've had a stressful day too, you're changing the, t- you're changing the flow of the conversation to be about you. And that's like, you're shifting the conversation to be about you. Yeah. And that happens quite often, right? Like, like, oh, I'm so tired. Yeah, me too. I'm so tired. Yeah. Whereas really listening is like, why are you tired? Why are you feeling this way? And really trying to open up the conversation for the other person to talk about themselves as well, rather than shifting the conversation to focus back on you. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've I've tried to do this more often um, lately because... I think when we were younger, when we gave advice to people, well, from my own experience, whenever I gave advice to other people, I was always like, yeah, from my experience, I did X, Y, Z, rather than ask asking a person kind of mm, probing questions yeah. to understand what exactly is the root cause of how they're feeling. Yes. And I think this is actually something, a skill, a soft skill that I've built um, from work yeah. because I interview a lot of uh, customers and stakeholders and the whole point of the interview is you go in without any bias. Mm. So you're just purely asking questions. And when you're responding to what they're saying, you have to try and not to put any of your own bias in. Yeah. And so I think that's actually translated into my personal life where when, you know, someone comes to me asking for advice, I just try and ask them questions and get yeah. them to unpack it right. rather than me speaking from my own experience and then kind of like talking at them yeah yeah that's a good point because i think in the book it kind of mentions as well that like people don't really like taking advice from other people they will only take it if they come to the conclusion yeah (laughs) Yeah. so you could tell them everything but the fact that you're telling them they will just it'll probably go out one like go in one ear out the other but like how you said it like you're helping them come to the conclusion it makes it feel like they are making that decision themselves because yeah. they want autonomy over their lives. Mm. Yeah. And it makes them feel empowered that they can do yeah, something about exactly. it, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think listening has been a big one that I've been really trying to develop. And also listening to myself, like we kind of talked about, listening to my body, what makes me happy, do what makes me happy. Like, yeah. Mm. Love that. Feel so enriched. <laughs> <laughs> wow, go us. <laughs> so what good habits will you take forward into the new year? Ooh. I feel like I built a lot of good habits um, gym-wise this year. Mm-hmm. So I moved into a new gym 
in May. And unfortunately for a lot of this year, we were stuck in lockdown, so I couldn't go. Um, but I feel like I've really found a new community where I, I look forward to going mm-hmm. to the gym. So it is like a CrossFit powerlifting gym. And I've always been quite intimidated going to commercial gyms. So the fact that I'm showing up about three, four times a week for classes, um, feel very empowered by the coaches there, but also doing things like skipping. Oh, um, yes. Skipping has been such a massive part of my 2021. At Skip Sisters on Instagram. <laughs> um, so I started this with a friend. Shout out to my Skip Sister, Ruby. Hi, um, out of lockdown or during lockdown. Yeah. We just started it as a, as a thing one lunchtime, I'm pretty sure. I think I was on break. And Ruby and I re- live really close together. So we just went to the park. We started skipping. And then it stuck with me ever since. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because I literally crave skipping sometimes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that's when you truly know you really, really love something. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely going to take that forward into 2022 because, um, it's such a good form of cardio, but it really takes me to like a different place. I am stress-free when I skip. Mm. Um, and yeah, the added benefits of working out at the same time. Yes. Yeah. So there's that part of it, but there's also work-life balance. Again, starting a new job. I really set the intention to have a work-life balance and be unapologetic about it. And I think because I'm in a company where the culture that we breed is very, um, it promotes work-life balance, it's made it a lot easier. I think it's such a difference for you. I I, I can see it work-wise, like you're so much happier at work. And I think, like you mentioned, it all comes down to the culture and Mm. the people you surround yourself around. And it's really nice to see that there's such a change in habits in your like professional life. Yeah. yeah. I probably talk about work less as well mm. because I think when I was at Deloitte. Wow, was, that's so true. Yeah, it was constantly <laughs> yeah. like, oh, work is so stressful. Oh, I'm on this project. Yeah. Oh, I'm like dealing with this client. And it's just like, I actually think work is not the main topic for me. I love discussion that. Yeah, anymore. that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, that shows like a drastic change mm. in, in mindset, which is good. Um, I think those are the two things that I really want to take into 2022. Um, There was also one month in August. I think I was inspired by one of your videos, Tracy. Oh, yeah. When you did the morning routine. My sisters and I have a YouTube channel. Shout out to (laughs) at the true sisters on YouTube. So many plugs. (laughs) (laughs) We clearly were two people with a lot of interests and passions. (laughs) Yeah, but I was inspired by their, um, they tried a 5am routine. Yeah, it was Jim Quick's 5am Routine. I think it's called the $5 million routine or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But I tried it for the month of August and I actually have a little video summarizing yeah. that where I got up around six every morning. I did uh, journaling, meditating, breathing exercises, went for a walk. And I think that was like the most gratifying month of my entire mm. year, to be honest. So I do want to take that into um, 2022 and build more consistency around routines yeah actually for those who feel like they need a kick in the ass with habits <laughs> <laughs> try the routine like working at 5 a.m sounds like intense and this routine is very intense i think there's like 10 steps or something like that but even if you do it for two days or even a day you really get to experiment with all the different habits that you could potentially build and just pick and choose which one will work for you yeah yeah and another plug is atomic habits by james clear that book is like one of the best nonfiction books I've read and really. it really changed like my life in terms of building good habits. Like he talks about the importance of just showing up for yourself. Like building habits doesn't have to be so big. It's all about the little things you do, hence atomic habits. So for example, if you if your goal is I want to be fit, all it takes is even just every day 15 minutes of walking. Or even if you rock up to the gym walk on the treadmill for five minutes, go home, that's still you showing up for the gym. And the, you do it every day and eventually five minutes will turn into half an hour to an hour and it will just become a habit. Yeah. Like the days where you feel like, oh, I don't want to exercise today. Just no, get up. Even if it's just for five minutes, do some star jumps. That's you showing up for yourself. And it's just a really good learning that I took from that book and it really helped me build a proper like morning routine, night, night routine as well. Yeah. I think that's so relevant for this episode because – you know, with New Year's resolutions, a lot of people just want to make really drastic lifestyle mm-hmm. changes. And I've been there, done that. It doesn't work, friends. Yeah. I think if you just build kind of really small incremental goals, whether it's like 
weekly, daily, they're definitely a lot more achievable in the grand scheme of things When because it all adds up, right? Yeah. Even if it's like doing 1% better every day, eventually that 1% adds up to 100. Yeah, it compounds. Yeah. Like, it really does yeah. compound. Like, like when you said, like, doing, like, for example, doing five minutes of exercise is better than doing no, ex- no minutes of exercise. Yeah, yeah. Like, but some people feel like, I either do it really good or I don't do it at all. Mm. Whereas, and then you feel like a complete failure if you don't. Yeah. Right. But yeah. you're being so hard on yourself in doing that. Yeah. In saying that, do you have any good habits from 2021 that you want to take into 2022? Yeah. So exercising, we've talked about before. Yes, we have good exercise habits. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're not athletes, but we're getting there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Relationship with exercise, doing it because I love it, not because I'm trying to achieve an external goal. Um, but particularly running and walking, probably walking, walk running, more walking maybe. <laughs> I don't really run that often, but <laughs> just being outdoors, I think, like has really helped clear my mind. Mm. Like on times when it's really stressful, even if I go for a half an hour walk, it does so good, like so much good. So I think that's a good habit I want to continue because I think during lockdown, we all walked so much. Yeah. Catch us on Strava. Yeah. Because we couldn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's a good habit. Um, mindful eating. So one of my smaller goals was, you know, when like a lot of people just eat and they watch TV, they eat and on their phone. For me, I really don't want to take this year to just be mindful with eating. And when I eat, I'm just really focusing on eating. And that's really helped contribute to my overall well-being as well. And not just not overeating and really appreciating my food. Yeah. So that's one habit. Um, What else do I have? Not buying new clothes. This year, I genuinely did not buy anything except gym clothes. Like once amazing yeah love it no nothing new at all because i like i sew as well my own clothes and i like thrifting like i think it's just my part to try to at least reduce my footprint a little bit by not buying anything new and buying things secondhand um Mm. if possible i can definitely see in tracy that she is definitely uh, upcycled a lot of incredible things check out at Trace makes Trace.makes. Thank you. Another plug. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so next is what habits will you leave behind? Oh, saying yes to everything, particularly in um, a freelancing context. So because of the lockdown, I basically filled up a lot of my time just freelancing. And at the time, it didn't feel like it. But I think that really burnt me out. And it really made me hate freelancing. And I started freelancing because I wanted it to help me grow my portfolio, but also touch a part of design that I don't do in Mm. my day-to-day job. And I think in saying yes to everything, I really dreaded the work that I had to do. And that felt like it was unfair on my clients. I guess it it didn't really impact the the quality of work that I was doing, but the fact that I couldn't 100% show up and be completely passionate about what I was doing intrinsically made me feel like a shitty person. Was it because of the type of work you were saying yes to, or was it because you were just overcommitting your time? Probably overcommitting my time because I felt like I had so much time. Mm. Um, So in the last two months, I've started to say no to things. The last two months of 2021, that is. I started to say no to things, and I feel like there's been a mental kind of load taken off my shoulders because... I'm not dreading the work and I don't need to carve a carve out time and feel like I don't look forward to that time yes. to freelance. So yeah, one thing I'm leaving behind is saying yes to every free, freelance gig in mind, but also like social events and mm. stuff that don't fulfill me. Mm-hmm. I'm saying no to that. And I think I'm getting pretty good at doing that because I'm just, I think being in lockdown has made me a bit more of a homebody. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's a good thing about lockdown. Yeah. yeah. Mine. Um, yeah. Sorry, to build on that, it's also too much screen time. Mm. I don't think I need to elaborate on this, but I spend so much time just on my phone, um, just on like Netflix, TikTok, Instagram. Yeah, I just I just need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> What's your screen time? Oh, I think it's okay. It used to be like four hours. Okay, which That's is not, not terrible. Okay, and then I think lately for the past couple of months it's been like six. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. It's it's too much. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even want to look at it anymore. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, mine's kind of similar in terms of not saying yes to everything. Socially, I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Tracy's a social butterfly, like way more than I am. I'm tired, people. I'm really tired. <laughs> Should be out like 3 a.m., like partying. Not partying. Okay, partying with like board games and stuff. <laughs> yeah, board game partying. More wholesome vibes, but... 
I found it, I always find it really hard to say, but the thing is, I don't want to say no. Like I genuinely enjoy, <laughs> like, I genuinely enjoy spending time with my like friends and everything like that. But I think it's more about balance or like setting boundaries. I think for me, like hanging out with friends has come at expense of resting and sleeping. So that's something I want to kind of leave behind. Like I want to really prioritize sleep and rest mm. and not hang to like 4am talking to friends. <laughs> Do you feel like it's because um you feel FOMO if you leave? Mm, yeah, I think so. It, it, I think it is FOMO. Like I think letting go of that. Yeah. But at the same time, like the things that fulfill me is spending that quality time with my friends. Yeah. So I find it tricky to find the balance because I love like the quality of the time. But at the same time, it, sometimes it comes to the expense of like me not getting time with myself. Yes. And resting. Yeah. So I think maybe scheduling like this day, I'm going to be at home. And like, n- like that's like, you know. It's non-negotiable, you know, right? Yeah, non-negotiable. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you really should because I've started to do that. Yeah. Um, this year. And I think I, this actually probably stems from the fact that my parents were very strict with me needing to come home during my mm. teenage years so now I'm actually quite good at like leaving things early if I feel tired yeah I like decide I feel like I've had a long day so yeah. I'm gonna leave at this time and yeah I feel like I do do that yeah and I, I don't so. feel guilty about it because I get home and I'm in bed by like 11 o'clock and I feel freaking amazing yeah, because I, I know I'll be well rested for yeah. the day ahead yeah do you feel FOMO when you do that Okay, it depends on the context. Okay. I feel like if it's with like something with you, yeah. then I feel fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I'm in love with Tracy. <laughs> We're in love. We're together. <laughs> New together joking. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. We're just joking. We're just joking. <laughs> Platonic love. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think that it really depends on the circumstance. Mm. If I know it's worth staying for, I will. Yeah. I'll push the boundaries. Yeah. But a lot of the time I plan ahead. If I know the next day I need the energy, I'll be like, sorry guys, I gotta go. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, that's that's yeah, I can definitely see that in you and it's a good habit. I think I will try to learn from you because <laughs> I don't like I'm just like like I'm like, my body can handle it. Like I don't need sleep. I can sleep next time. But I'm getting old. Like my body can't handle late nights as well yeah. as it could a couple years ago. Yeah. yeah. I got a I got one year on you, sister, so I'm, <laughs> I'm already feeling the impacts of twenty-six. <laughs> so yeah. learn. Learn from my twenty-six True. years of living. <laughs> True. Wise. Um another habit to leave behind is negative self-talk. We hate yes, that. Yes, we hate that. <laughs> we hate that. Leave her behind. Get out of here. <laughs> so that's another thing to leave behind. Mm, Work in yeah. progress, obviously. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, what do you wish you could have done more in 2021? Um, Get better sleep. Yeah. Uh, it's honestly top priority for me. This now. episode is sponsored by sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry if I sound like a broken record, but nah, I, it's important. I, I really don't think people understand how bad my sleep is. Like <laughs> even last night I had really broken sleep mm. and I think I'm going to start using um, the sleep quality app again. Oh, well, can you explain that a little bit more what that is? Um, oh, I don't know what it's called exactly, yeah. but it's an app on your phone. I've used it for a long time. I literally think it's called sleep quality okay. or something like that. And basically you turn it on every night and you leave it face down beside you on your bed and it records your movements overnight. Mm. Um, it basically should show you when your REM cycles are, so when you're, like, in your deepest sleep and then when you wake up. And then in the morning, it gives you kind of the hours that you spent sleeping, but also a breakdown of, like, over each hour, what was your sleep like, and then your sleep, sleep quality. And then if you track that over a long period of time, you'll be able to see kind of, like, the patterns in how mm. you've been sleeping. Is there specific things that you do that you know helps you sleep better? Yeah, like, obviously no phone before right. bed. Being in bed, sleeping at 10 o'clock, mm-hmm. and reading as well yeah. for the wind down. Yeah. That is so important. Like, if I'm winding down, but I'm doing stuff like watching TV yeah. or going on my phone, I will have shit sleep, guaranteed. Yeah. But if I'm, like, winding down, journaling, then reading, and then going to sleep straight away, I tend to have better sleep. Yeah. I also um sometimes take melatonin, which oh, yeah. is um to help kind of promote better sleep and right. deeper sleep. And I actually feel like, don't know if it's placebo, but 
I tend to take it when I know I've got an early gym session the next morning. Yeah. Because I tend to wake up feeling more refreshed mm. in that sense. Yeah. So that's something else as well. Yeah. Yeah. I have a couple of friends who also try, like, they tape their mouth. Huh? <laughs> How do they breathe? That- <laughs> so they tape their mouth so that it promotes, like, breathing through your nose rather than breathing through your Are you sure? <laughs> yes, there is science behind it. Um, Shout out to my friends, Jono, Alex, and They John. tape their mouth. Yeah, so like they tape their tape. mouth. <laughs> no, no, it's like there's a specific tape for it. Oh, shit. I might try it next year because I'm a mouth breather. And so apparently it promotes, like, deeper breathing. Don't quote me on this. Again, I'm not a scientist. Bro, my eyes are popping out of my head right now. I'm shocked. Um, yeah, but it, it's it's a struggle at the beginning apparently, but it wow. gets better over time. So if you breathe through your nose, it's meant to promote like better circulation and other things for your brain as oh, well. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so that's going to be something that I'm going to experiment. Interesting. Yes, we'll tuned. check in. Yeah, we'll check in yeah. in a couple now more Now I'm episodes. held accountable because I put it on this podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so on top of um, getting better sleep, uh, reading actually, I feel mm-hmm. like I fell off the bandwagon this year. I feel like because I went through so much change in like my personal life with relationships and family stuff as well. As a result, I was kind of just like watching a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. like what, watching content as opposed to reading, to try and kind of like take my mind off things and and cope in a way. So I think reading i'm going to try and do that a little bit more because i was so good with it in 2020 but this year barely scraped through the barrel with 2021 books and then on top of that just being more disciplined overall with my routine nice how about you tracy um i think sleeping (laughs) (laughs) sorry Uh, enough said about sleeping i'm gonna move on (laughs) um mindfulness practices so meditation and yoga like I really started doing that during lockdown but as soon as we came out of lockdown (laughs) we're out of the door (laughs) like I was doing yoga twice a week in the mornings oh wow yeah it was my first time doing yoga too like I've never been a yoga person oh really because I was like what does this do to my body like I don't know I was like if I'm gonna exercise I'd rather do a workout intense intense workouts rather than like yoga but I incorporated yoga as part of like in addition to my workouts during lockdown, I really saw a difference. Like I felt like it started my day really, really well. Like normally I just wake up, like literally brush my teeth and like log on. <laughs> <laughs> you feel more zen, hey? Yeah, you feel more yeah. zen. It starts starts the day really right. And I did realize I was getting more flexible. Oh, really? Yeah, like seriously. Wow. I was able to like touch my toes, like palms flat on the ground and stuff like that. Oh, after crazy. doing it for a few weeks. Um, and I was meditating a lot as well. But then... I stopped doing it as soon as we got out of lockdown. Oh, God, same. And things got stressful. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to do more of that because I did see a difference in terms of mental clarity there. Um, what could I have done more? Like, yeah, sticking to good habits when things got stressful. That's kind of aligned with everything we were talking about. But I had really good habits up until things got stressful in October. And then things kind of, like, went out the door. Yeah. Yeah. And then also really focusing on mental health, which I've started doing towards this end of the year and that's something I'm going to continue on to next year Mm. yeah yeah I'm seeing that in you as well and in the things that you're doing and as the decisions that you're making as well seeing a lot of that kind of focus on mental health come through Mm, yeah so I should take inspiration from that yeah yeah we'll have an episode in the future about mental health yeah yeah a little bit more yeah yeah so looking into the future Mm. what are your goals for 2022 um so overall I think is working continue to work on a healthier mindset like I want to be more confident I want to be more like less anxious less stressed I really want to work on that positive self-talk or reframing my negative self-talk so really working on healthier mindset and inner contentment continuing that into the new year Mm -hmm. how about you um so again echoing a lot of things that I've already said but discipline in my routine Mm -hmm. and which will include less screen time, better sleep, a better morning routine, and also saying no just to things mm-hmm. in general that don't fulfill me, um, that I don't feel like are intentional, um, saying no to those things. And the other additional thing which I haven't touched on is growing more comfortable in being alone. Mm. So not just, I guess, the time that you spend at home, but taking myself on dates you know, taking myself on different little adventures. I've started to do that towards the end of this year where I was starting to go out to cafes to do work. Yes. And I felt so kind of gratified after I did that. 
Um, and even having the past couple of days off, spending time by myself just doing random things that I enjoy has really kind of reset my mindset mm-hmm. in terms of like, I don't need to spend time around people constantly to feel happy. Yeah. I can find that within myself. So yeah, those are my two goals for 2022. Yeah. Cool. So that was a loaded episode, mm-hmm. but we're finally at the end of it. I guess like we'll talk about our goals and how we're going throughout the rest of 2022. Yeah. This is only just the beginning. Yes. And I would encourage everybody listening to actually answer these questions for yourselves as well. Like, I think it's helped me so much just like reflecting on the year that was and what I want to do better in the new year. Yeah. I think for me, actually, when I was reflecting, I was really ready for the new year to come. I was Mm. just like, let's get into it. (laughs) Let's start a new year because this year has been insane for me. But yeah, I think forcing myself to actually reflect on the good and the bad parts has been not confronting, but it's been like being able to acknowledge that I went through some hard stuff, but I also went through some really, really good stuff as well. And I got myself through it all yes yeah and being really proud of myself for it as well yeah like giving yourself a pat on the back so I encourage everyone to do that be vulnerable with yourself yeah write down everything that you're thinking yeah write it down so you can go back to it agreed as well and like throughout the year look back at it you don't need to wait until the new year to reflect on your goals like keep checking in on them Mm. every day is a new day and every day is an opportunity to exactly to do things right yeah by yourself and you don't have to set so many goals either just set one overarching one that you can continue to work towards rather than a list of things that would stress you out yeah it's not a shopping list no it should just be one thing yeah like try and limit like yourself yeah do one one thing yeah one to three things yeah yeah all right into the final segment of the episode dinner table question (laughs) (laughs) so first question what is the best thing you either read, watched, or listened to in 2021? All right, so I'm going to give you guys three things. My top book is Malibu Rising by Taylor Reed Jenkins. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it is a fiction book. And it's a story about a family that came from nothing and then went into fame. And it's like, a, like revolves around these siblings and they're just really like famous, but you kind of get an insight into their lives. And they have this huge party every year and the shit goes down during this party. But I don't know, it's a really perfect summer read and it sounds like a really fun story, but the themes are really about family. And I really mm. related to it because at the end of the day, the lesson I learned was like the importance of family. Yeah. And it was just very like heartwarming and like very wholesome. And like it made me reflect a lot on my own life. Mm. Yeah, so I would recommend that. For nonfiction, Atomic Habits, I've already talked about. I recommend that. Top TV show, K drama, Racket Boys. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you're providing a K drama recommendation versus me. I, I know. This is why. This is crazy. I would recommend it because I don't really watch a lot of K dramas and it takes a lot of me to commit to a K drama. But Racket Boys is honestly one of the best shows I watched this year. Like, it's just so wholesome. It's about, like, these school kids learning to play badminton. <laughs> oh, that's probably why you can relate. <laughs> On the country, in the countryside. Yeah. Like, it's just so wholesome. Yeah, I would recommend that. And I don't normally watch K-dramas or recommend K-dramas. Yeah, I'm surprised. And I recommend it to all my family and everybody loved it. Like, oh, it's not just about badminton. It's just, like, it's just funny and wholesome and, like, yeah. Yeah. And... Last one is YouTubers that I've been liking is Leah's Field Notes, very wholesome lifestyle of content, and Jack Edwards. He's a book YouTuber and he's really funny and witty. Wow, these are all things that I've never heard of, so mm. lots of content for me to consume in the yes. new year. Cool. Um, for me, my top book was actually Everything I Know About Love by Dolly Alderton. Uh, this was a really big year for me in terms of relationships, and I think reading through Dolly's kind of experience so she just basically chats through her like early 20s to her early 30s um, and all her kind of experiences with relationships and finding love and I think it could relate on so many levels and I think when you go through your 20s and 30s everybody's going through something really different in terms Mm. of relationships and there's almost like this pressure to find like your person if you haven't already Um, and she just speaks kind of through her experiences in a really like candid but vulnerable way so it's almost like you're talking to a friend who's been through a lot of shit and you're like damn I can really learn some stuff from from this woman um yeah and I just loved reading because it was kind of like 
at moments you feel like laughing with her, but at moments you also feel like crying with her. So yeah, um, yeah special place in my heart, that oh, book, I, like I think. That. And the other two books that I would recommend is 101 Essays to Change the Way That yep. You Think and Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. Also two really good recommendations. I like to read nonfiction versus fiction. Yeah, but I might try and change that. Yeah, I'm a fiction gal. <laughs> yeah. Um, instead of kind of, I guess, the shows and YouTubers, because nothing really stood out to me this year, I've picked out my top podcast, which is On Purpose by Jay Shetty. I talk about Jay Shetty a lot, and I'm probably kind of one of his biggest fans, I would like to say. <laughs> Competition. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, his podcast, I think, is the number one mental health podcast in the world. Oh, wow. And, yeah, I just think that all his episodes, he brings on guests, but also sometimes he does episodes where it's just him talking. And he used to be a monk. He went through years of practicing to be a monk and kind of still has a monk mindset now. I'm actually reading his book, um, Think, think Like a Monk. A monk. Um, and, yeah, every time I listen to his podcast, I just feel so kind of like there's just so much food for thought. And I feel so kind of inspired to think deeper about myself, about others and my experiences as well. So, yeah, I highly recommend that if you need. It's not like a typical motivational podcast. It's more so like getting you to deep, think deeper mm. and dig deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What was on your Spotify wrapped for 2021 in terms of like your top artists and your top song? So I, th- I think my one's quite skewed because I honestly didn't listen to a lot of music this year which is weird I mean I, I would listen to music but nothing new because I I didn't make time to discover new music so I was just kind of putting things on replay mm. like I don't know why my, I just didn't listen to that much <laughs> <laughs> music there is no explanation yeah there's no explanation <laughs> to why I didn't listen to music but um like sometimes I just like do things I get so immersed into it I forget that it's like I'm just sitting in silence yeah I think that's kind of nice though yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so my top artist is the Rubens because I saw them live in concert in April this year which I was so lucky to be able oh to my God, do that in the, in the mosh pit <laughs> <laughs> she didn't catch COVID what? it was at that time there was only like there was basically no cases yeah. in New South Wales oh what a time what a time right <laughs> and that was like such a great time like being the mosh pit for the first time since COVID and like just like like singing dancing with a friend from work yeah so the Rubens I've just been listening to their album non-stop yeah. because I saw them live and I was just really into it. So the top song was Living Life by the Rubens. <laughs> I have to listen to that because I've never heard of it before. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the complete opposite. I feel like I really relied on music this mm. year to get me through some shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, but I think music has become such a big part of my life. So I have a ritual every Monday. I'll listen to my Discover Weekly oh. on Spotify. I love Spotify, by the way. Like, would love to work for them once. Yes, <laughs> we are using Anchor FM, so yeah, sponsor us. Thanks. Um, but yeah, my my top artist was Lainey. Everybody mm-hmm. knows I'm obsessed with Lainey. Love Paul Klein. Um, shout out to Paul Klein. <laughs> Come see with us. <laughs> Come see with us. And oh, my top song. This is so debatable because I really don't think I listened to it that much. But okay, I did. But Basic Bitch Driver's License by <laughs> Olivia Rodriguez. <laughs> he just hits the feel in the feels, you know. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, it hits the feels when you're going through like some relationship tough yeah. times. But yeah, I listen to Spotify. Like I literally always have music playing, mm. and um, I also make a new playlist every month. Wow. And that's how I discover new new yeah. music. So if I find a song that I like, I'll just add it to yeah. my playlist. And I've been doing this since 2015. Wow. So I've had a playlist for every single month since 2015 to now. And that's a habit. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and that's, yeah. A, that's a habit. So just wanted to share that. Yeah. Brag about my Spotify habits. <laughs> Sponsor us. <laughs> Sponsor us. <laughs> um, the last question is, what is something that made you laugh recently? So for one of our recent posts, we had to go through some of our old <laughs> baby photos and that's actually something that made me laugh a lot because I was going through photos and I was just like, geez, what was I doing in this photo? <laughs> or what was my family doing in this photo? And I think this is why I take so many pictures because a picture can really say a thousand words. And I just love kind of the depth of the stories a single moment that you capture can tell. And it's almost like you can only really connect with it if you were there in that point of time. So, yeah, that's something that made me laugh a lot recently. Mm. How about you? Uh, So something that we did for Christmas, I spent Christmas with my cousins, extended family. We played this game where 
everybody has like takes a shot, but only one is filled with vodka. The rest is filled with water. Yeah, and you cannot react. If you have <laughs> if you have the vodka shot, you can't react. And we try the game is guess who took the vodka shot. Oh my god, I would not be good at that game. <laughs> so we played a couple of rounds, and then in the last round, we all took the shot. And everyone's faces are so straight. Like, you could not <laughs> tell at all who took the vodka shot. And it came to voting. So we voted. We voted for a particular cousin. Yeah. And then she was like, yeah, that it was me. And then I was like, hang on. I got the vodka shot. And then everyone was like, no, I got the vodka shot. Turns out the, the cousin who was pouring the vodka shot gave everybody a vodka <laughs> shot. <laughs> oh, my God. That's but so good. Our faces were so straight. It was just so <laughs> funny. I was like, wait, we all got the vodka shot, but we were all so good at just pretending that we didn't. And that just made me laugh because we all got tricked. Y'all are alcoholics. We only had like three shots. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that brings us to a wrap for this mm. episode, our very first episode for the year. Yes. Thank you for joining us in the new year, 2022. This is the year, guys. This is your year. This is This is your year. Actually, I don't want to say that. <laughs> no, it's your year because you'll make it your year. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's about perspective. Co- correct. Yeah. <laughs> you, whatever you make it, it is what it is, right? Yeah. yeah. I just didn't want to sound like a broken record, but I, I really hope that this episode in us sharing our learnings and our reflections, you've taken something away from it, even if it's a really, really small thing. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in, everybody, and have a wonderful rest of the year. Yeah. So as always, plugging our Instagram, follow us and join the conversation on at a seat at our table dot podcast. Um, we'll also leave a question in the Spotify description, but we'll put it on our stories as well. What we want to know is what was your biggest learning for 2021? Yes. Yeah. All right. That wraps up our episode. Catch you for the next Thank one. Thank you. Bye. Bye.